comes from the sixth chapter of Isaiah, verses one through six, or one through eight, excuse me. In the year, and just as by way of uh, further location, this is a vision that Isaiah had. And so as I read, this is Isaiah describing the vision that he had and uh, the response that he made. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings, with two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voice of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. That is God's word for us this morning. The description, the vision that Isaiah had, there's one, uh, there's several interesting parts of that. But in other religions contemporary to Isaiah's time, and this would have been written more than likely around the uh, early 700s BC, there about 720, 730, somewhere in that, that range. Uh, descriptions uh, like this were not uncommon in other religions. But one of the interesting things that Isaiah reveals to us in his vision is this description of the angels or seraphs. In other descriptions from from other traditions, the description is of angels who are there to protect the deity. Uh, Wings spread, uh, standing before the altar as guardians, if you will. In this description that Isaiah gives, uh, the whole room, the whole throne room, is filled with the glory of the Lord. It's so awesome, it's so overwhelming, that the seraphs, the angels, hover, couch down, cover themselves, fly from the uh, presence or from the awe of the presence of God. Isaiah is trying to convey here God's holiness and the awesomeness of coming in to the presence 
of God. And Isaiah comes into God's presence and he's asked to do a difficult thing. Uh, Not unlike some of the things that you are asked to do. To speak difficult words, challenging words. To confront people who don't want to be confronted, who don't want to hear what you have to say. Even if they need to hear what you have to say. Even if they desperately need to hear it. In fact, their desperation may be so great that they have tuned everything out. They don't want to hear anything. They just want to uh, continue on the path that they're on. And they don't want to be disturbed in that. And that's the, uh, the challenge that Isaiah had. To speak difficult words to people who really didn't want to hear them or people who wanted to have their own way. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine out of state and uh, in a, uh, as a person that I've known for years, he's not in a disciples church, but he is in a church. And, and he called me seeking uh, my opinion on something, my advice, and, and wanted to relate the sto- this story to me. He said, we voted at our church, we voted just recently to construct a new playground on some of our property for our kids. And not everybody was for it, but most everybody was for it. We, we approved, we had two plans, and, and we approved a plan that, that, the, that called for a design for a, a, a playground that was large but smaller than the, the one that was offered in the other plan. But the church overwhelmingly was supporting this, this uh, more modest version, if you will, or, or one that we felt like was really appropriate and really what we needed. And so we voted for that. Now, just, just in the last few days, somebody called me and said, I want to give, give $20,000 toward the construction of the new playground. And my immediate response was, praise God. Man, how, how can it get any better than that? The church votes to do something, and somebody immediately steps forward with resources uh, to begin that project. He said, let me finish. He said, there were strings attached to the offer. Uh, the person who offered said, I'll give you the money contingent on the church building the larger playground. And if you don't build it, then there won't be any money. He said, what do you think about that? What what are your thoughts on that? I said, well, if the church has voted and you've approved it, I said, you know, I don't want to be too harsh, but this sounds kind of like a bribe to me. He said, it sounded like a bribe to me. I just wanted somebody else to confirm that for me. He said, now I want you to pray for me because I've got to do some difficult things. I've got to speak some difficult words. I've got to tell this person uh, that that, uh, this is not what the church decided. And and I've also got to let the church know that this offer has has been made. And uh, encourage our church to stick by their guns, the decision 
that they believed that God had led them to make. He said, now I know these words that I'm going to speak to this this person uh, are going to fall on deaf ears. He's he's not not really going to hear me. Because I know that this person's interested really in, in getting his way. And so I want you to pray that I'll have the uh, wisdom to speak wisely, but the courage to speak plainly so that everything will be understood. Isaiah, that's the dilemma. That's the dilemma that you face, sometimes in your families, sometimes in the place that you work. Sometimes just in the, in the course of daily living, something happens that you know is not right. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. And somebody needs to speak the difficult word to say, this isn't, isn't what should be. This isn't how we should go about this. This isn't what we should do. Difficult words that we're called on to speak. Not surprisingly, just like many of us, most of us would most likely do, not surprisingly, Isaiah objects. And the form of objection takes place in this this scene of Isaiah proclaiming that he is unworthy. I am a man of unclean lips. I am not qualified to do this. I'm not worthy to do this. Are you sure you got the right person? I really you know, just don't feel up to the task. So this whole vision that, that Isaiah gives of the seraph, of the angel coming and touching his lips, cleansing his lips with a coal, that's in response to his objection. I'm not worthy. I can't do this. First church I served, really small church in North Carolina, had, uh, before I ever got there, they had been in discussion about recarpeting the fellowship hall. And the discussion had gone on for, not for weeks, for months. And every time they thought they were close to making a decision, somebody would come up with a better deal. Well, if we go down the road here, we can get it for this price. We don't have to pay that. Or, uh, uh, you know, the color. We need to talk about the color again. Do we really want this color? Uh, do we really uh, need a new carpet? It went on for forever. So the new, new pastor had elders come to me and, and say to me, what is your wisdom on this, this issue? Pastor, what thoughts do you have that, that might be helpful? And my response was, I'm not really qualified to speak about carpet. <laughs> I really don't know a lot about carpet. Don't know anything about colors. I'm not really qualified. And, and so after, you know, dodging that question, how the discussion continued. And really about two weeks after that question was asked me, uh, that little church had what uh, many churches, small churches particularly do, they had a homecoming weekend. 
Homecoming is where everybody who's ever been a member of the church, or everybody who's ever attended the church, they're all invited home. They've moved away from the community or the community. Come back. Come back to church. Homecoming weekend. Homecoming dinner. So after the service is over, we have the homecoming dinner. The oldest person in the church, the oldest man in the church, a fellow named Hick Galloway, has the honor of being first in line at the buffet. And Hick started to walk into the fellowship hall, and he hadn't taken more than two or three steps, and he tripped and fell over the carpet that was, you know, buckling, rolled up. And he tri- his foot caught, and he fell, and he hit his head. And he was disoriented, and the paramedics were called, and Hick was taken to the hospital. Fortunately, he was okay. Uh, about three days later, the church decided to go ahead and replace the carpet. <laughs> the, the issue of how, how much it cost or, or what color it was, all that became, didn't matter. They recognized that really why they needed to replace the carpet was because it was unsafe. It was a hazard. Well, for Isaiah... And for many of us, when we're asked to weigh in on something, our initial response is, uh, what answer can I give so I don't have to answer? So I can let folks know that I'm really not qualified to do this. And for Isaiah, and for us, when we're called to do difficult things, speak uh, about about things that, that uh, can be helpful, where we can offer a helpful word, a word of wisdom, a God-guided word. You know, we're not qualified for everything, but we are qualified for some things. And even that, where we may feel like we have really nothing to say, it may well be that God just wants us to be available that God will make provision, God will give us the words that we need, the strength, the courage that we need, the wisdom that we need to speak a timely word. That's what Isaiah was called to do. That's what we're called to do. In whatever difficult circumstance we may find ourselves, my extended family uh, in Atlanta, Part of my extended family, one of the members was uh, an alcoholic. And his family had been very supportive of him for a long time. Had rescued him, had, had bailed him out, had, had done everything that they could think of to try to help this person get back on, a, on the right path. And, and finally... Uh, Somebody in the family said, this isn't working. We need to do something different. We need to have an intervention. We just need to say difficult words. This is no longer, we can no longer rescue you. We will no longer rescue you. We're not going to bail you out anymore. We're not going to continue to, to allow you to destroy yourself. 
We're just not going to let that happen. So this is what's going to happen going forward. And they had that difficult conversation. And the thing about having difficult conversations, the thing that Isaiah had to do once he said, here I am, I'll do this, he had to stick to his guns. He had to stick to what he said he'd do and not waver from that. And trust even in the most difficult circumstances that God would make provision, God would use that for God's purposes, to trust in God. So somewhere in your life, maybe not now, maybe it will be in your future, but somewhere, God will, will put you in a circumstance where you're just going to have to make yourself available. Here I am, Lord, to speak a difficult word in this season, to, to speak a hard word, to speak a challenging word, to speak a word that needs to be spoken that nobody else may be willing to speak. And in that moment when, when the Lord says, who's going to do this? Who's going to speak for me? May your strength and may your courage and may your faith allow you to say simple words. Here I am. Send me. Let's pray. Dear God, we know the challenges that life brings to us. They come in many and in varied forms, different ways we are challenged. God, give us the strength and, and the wisdom not to shrink from, from difficult tasks, but the strength and the courage and the faith to speak a word of grace, a word of truth, to speak a word that needs to be spoken. God, we thank you that you promised us in Jesus Christ that you would be with us always. Lord, we trust that. We believe that. God, help us each and every day to live that. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Jim, I believe, has some instructions for us on our hymn of commitments. I'll ask Jeff to kind of weigh in on that. Great. You can maybe guess if you hadn't already seen it in your in your uh, bulletin that there we really had no choice. Greg suggested, or I would have suggested, we had no choice but to do number four fifty two. Here I am, Lord, today, and uh, that will be obvious why. Uh, and so your instructions are not to sing at the beginning. That's the most important thing. You'll sing each time when the, the refrain, or actually it says harmony over the refrain, but on the second second page uh, where it says, "Here I am, Lord." Uh, we'll always sing that as a congregation. We'll also then sing verse 3 when we get to that as a congregation, and the choir will do the rest. So thank you.